Hey, I'm Pastor Mike, and thank you so much for taking time to check out this message. And I hope that it inspires you. I hope it pushes you either towards a relationship with Jesus or further along in your relationship with Jesus. But we would never want this message to replace the reality of what it means to be involved with a local church. Although I'm excited that you're checking this out and I, and I hope it speaks to you, let me encourage you that you need to be involved in a local body. There's something to the fact that you need to be under the authority of the spiritual lead of a pastor and involved in a community that can push you uh, further along. We are meant to be in community. So enjoy this message, but let me encourage you to be seeking an opportunity to be involved with a local church. using your own Bible, you can open up to Acts 3. We're going to be using a story out of Acts 3 today, or you can follow along on your notes on the screen. Uh, so we've got it all for you, but we'll be in Acts 3. We're going to talk today, starting a brand new series. Been really excited about this series for a few months now in preparation called Those People. Anybody in your, in your life have those people? And I don't mean that nicely. You know what I mean? Just those people. Like some of you are thinking of somebody, right? Some of you are looking at someone right now. But, but, but you understand, like there's just those people. Now here's, here's the thing. Those people are not going away. Would you agree? Like that's, that's not going away. So this whole series is kind of dedicated to how do we deal with that? How do we love them? How do, how do we be healthy in the way we interact? So today we're going to talk about overly needy people. Right? Um, we sometimes refer to them, Jen and I, as, as black holes. Because they will suck the life out of you. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Kind of the, is this the needy thing? Now listen to me. Don't get offended today. Because we're all in this boat. Because every single person sitting here this morning has been that needy person at one time or another. Right? So we're not here today to bash. What we're here today to do is to say, how do we deal with and help them in a healthy way while staying healthy ourselves? Amen? And so over the next few weeks, next week, we're going to talk about people who are manipulative and manipulating people. The week after that, we're going to talk about hypocritical people. And then we're going to, we're going to put the cherry on the top on week four. We're going to talk about critical people, right? Like, like critical people walk in and they already know why they don't like Church of the Lakes, right? Those, those people that just kind of see the, and so, but, but all those people are a part of our lives on a regular basis. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about how do we deal with them in a healthy way? How do we stay healthy? Um, how many of you have had those kind of people in your life and you can be honest enough to say you were really unhealthy in the way that you dealt with them? Anybody else? Okay. So there's like a few of us that are honest. The rest of you are lying. Right? No, but the reality is, is we all, we lose our temper. We go, and we go through, especially with needy people, we go through this kind of weird dance. So here, here it comes. Somebody comes and they have a need. And the thing inside of us is kind of stirred like, well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, what would Jesus do? And, and I'm a Christ follower. And so I'm supposed to help them. But there's a part of, it's the same thing you go through when, the, when you pull up to the red light and you're trying to not make eye contact. With the guy holding the sign? Come on, you know you've done it. 
You know you've done it. You're like, oh, what's on the radio? Right? Kind of like, and you go, and what we do is we go through this, this struggle of, I feel like I should help, but I have this guilt thing if I don't. Is anybody else or is it just me? Right? Like you, you, you wrestle with this, how far is too far? And some of us have gone and helped someone. And then it gets to a point where you're like, this is unending. This is a black hole of me giving them money or helping them in some way. And we finally cut it off. Well, then they're upset and now we feel guilty. Anybody else? Right? Like this is, this is a cycle that we go through. And so today I want to talk to you a little bit about what it's like to deal with them in a healthy way. Because here's what I need you to, to, to hear this morning first. God loves needy people. Because God loves you. <laughs> and there's some area of your life and there's some area of my life where we're needy. Right? We, we're, we're starving for attention. We're starving for acceptance. It's all of us. And so how do we do this? Because needy, our first thought is financial, right? We, we immediately think of somebody who's needy financially. But I'm talking about also those that are needy emotionally, right? Th- those, those people that walk into the room and, and they're just, they're, they're the wet blanket. You know what I mean? Like, it, like today is gorgeous, right? And it would be a scenario where you'd go, oh my gosh, Blue skies. Thank you. We live in Florida. This is gorgeous. And they go, yeah, but it's freezing. <laughs> you, you understand what I mean? And, and, and some of you, maybe, maybe that's you. Maybe that like, we're going to, we're going to talk a little bit to you today. And some of us, that's us. And so how do we do that? How do we do this? And, and maybe you're thinking of someone right now and you want to help, but you consistently find yourself helping in the wrong way because it doesn't end up constructive or healthy. It ends up with the guilty, broken relationship thing. Does that make any sense to anyone? And so I want to talk to you today. Um, whatever you're doing, it doesn't seem like enough. Um, we're just kind of struggling. Where do I pull back? Where do I, where's the guilt and, this, and all this sort of thing? And so I want, to, I want to kind of help you today by first of all giving you two definitions. Two definitions we're going to start out with today. I want to talk to you about the difference between relief and restoration. Relief is the immediate and temporary assistance that you might give to someone, right? A lot of people want relief. A lot of people need relief. I get a lot of phone calls that are things like, I got to have rent money tomorrow, right? Or or, I've got to have this scenario right here. And so there's a lot of people around us that need relief. And we're really good at, actually, our culture especially, is really good at relief. Do you know why we're really good at relief? Because it's quick and easy and we can walk away from it. It's so much easier for us to throw money at a problem and walk away. Right? It's, it's so much easier. And so we're really good at relief. We're really good in the moment of, of, of serving that. And also because let's be honest, relief feels good. I can throw some money at it, walk away, and I can break my arm patting myself on the back. Because I feel good. But I want to talk to you about restoration. Restoration is working with people to restore them to their God-given potential. And there's a big difference. And you know what the big difference is? Time. (laughs) And sacrifice. And struggle. Come on, somebody. Has anybody ever really actually tried to walk through, you know, maybe with an addict? 
and they keep falling off the wagon and you're going through this process of restoration and you're trying to walk through. Uh, and, and it's so much easier if you go, you know what? I'll just like pay for you to go to this center because I don't want to deal with it anymore. And I think what's so important for us to hear is Jesus didn't send here us here on a relief mission. He sent us here on a restoration mission. There's a big, big difference there. There's a big difference between the reality of dealing with someone who is broken. And, and we're not really good at the restoration because it's expensive, resources, the emotions. Come on, everybody, anybody ever been there trying to walk through something with somebody and it's emotionally just taxing, right? It, it's, it's that reality. But if we're going to deal in a healthy way, we have to make sure that we don't offer relief to people who need restoration. It's called enabling. Let me, let me tell you, here's how it works. A lot of you guys may not realize this. You may not realize where the word codependent come from, comes from. Way back in the day when they first started trying to study alcoholics and drug addicts, they were doing studies and they would bring them in. And what they would do is they would bring them in, put them in rehab, detox them, get them sober and clean, then send them back out in the world. What do you think happened? They'd end up right back into the same situation. They detox them again. They send them back another way. They're right back into the situation. And finally, what they realized, what they called them when they wrote it in the medical charts is they called them the, 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 the name they used was dependent. They're a dependent. They're dependent upon alcohol. They're dependent upon drugs. They're dependent, right? What they finally figured out is they keep going out here. But how did they get the alcohol? Because they don't have a job, but they're coming out getting out. And they don't have a job, but they're coming out getting jobs. And so the term co-dependent came into play. Because what they finally figured out is that you cannot have someone be a dependent by themselves. They need someone to support the habit of what they're doing. And so what I have learned to do is I talk to different people and they talk about like they've got a spouse or a loved one or whatever, a son or a daughter that is hooked on drugs or this and that. And I finally come to the place where I realize, you know what? They're giving them money. They're paying for this or paying that. Here's what I say to them. Listen to me. We can't deal with your son's drug addiction until we deal with yours. And they go, I don't, I don't have a drug addiction. What are you talking about? I'm like, absolutely. You're a codependent, right? That's, that's the definition. And so what we need to understand is if we're going to deal with needy people, we're going to have to reframe our thinking to understand the difference between relief and restoration and relief feels better. Come on, somebody. Relief is easier, right? It, it, it's, it's just, it, it is what it is. So I want to look at, um, if we're going to deal with kind of this chronically needy person, love me, give me time, need to be needed, right? Call you. Why haven't you called me in the like seven minutes? You know, kind of thing. Come on. Now this is real. And some of us are this way because of, listen to me, because of hurts we've had. Like some of us have hurts. Some of you, I'm not picking on you if you're needy here today. We just need to acknowledge what it is. Right? And we need to address that. But, but most of us want to offer relief instead of being a restorer. So let's look at this, this story in Acts. It's Acts chapter 3, starting in verse 1, and it says this. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. 
at three in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth, follow the story, listen to the story. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called beautiful where he was put every day to beg from those who were going to the temple courts. Every day, somebody was coming and picking him up and carrying him to the place that he could beg. And I want you to, I want you to picture in your mind being that person who picked him up. Because what we would probably do is go every day. We, we would probably go back to our little prayer group of ladies where we're sitting having tea and going every day. I go take that poor sucker down there to the gate. Do you hear relief? But not restoration? Right? This ongoing... And he was smart because there was three big places that you could do the best to beg and and to get the most out of. It would be the highways because you get the most uh, people, the most traffic. It would be in front of houses of rich people, but that was a one-time hit. But in front of the temple gate would be where the Pharisees would come by. And the Pharisees loved to be acknowledged in public. So they love to walk by and flick a coin at somebody in front of everybody and say, look at what I just gave and look at what I just did. Right? Goes on, it says, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for what? Money. Which, by the way, is what most people think they need. Maybe even some of us in here at the moment think what we need most right now is money. Okay? Hold on to that. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them attention. I love that. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And the people said, look at us. Peter, Peter says, so, so this guy's just begging and there's no connection. It's just beg, beg. And I'm not looking at him. Peter says, whoa, 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 look at me. So the man gave them their attention, expecting to get something from them. Do you see the pattern? Do you see the ongoing pattern of, of what's going on? Then Peter said, listen, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, walk. Taking him by the hand, underline these words, he helped him up. The difference between a hand out and a hand up is relief or restoration. Come on now. Like if we're going to be the people that God has called us to be, then the way that we're supposed to respond to needy people is not relief, but restoration. But restoration, Pastor Mike, takes a lot of work. Yes, it does. But Pastor Mike, that means I may have to take an afternoon of my time. Yes, it does. That means I may have to give some emotional or financial or some sort. Yes, it absolutely does. And that's the calling that every Jesus follower has on their lives. Is not just to bring a moment of relief, but to bring people to restoration. Taking him by the hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles were strong. Jumped to his feet and began to walk. And when he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Love it. Peter looks at him and goes, hey man, I'm not giving you a handout, but I'll give you a hand up. Get up. Get up. Do something. Now listen, listen. This is so critical because culturally and even politically, I'm treading into some stuff. Are you understand what I'm saying here? Right? The reality of what we look at in the way that we give and serve and help people. 
But we've got to go back to what the scripture shows us is that, that reality and the way to do that in a healthy way. Because here's what happens. If we enable, if we continue to give relief, it's not serving anybody. It's not serving the person. And as much as we're breaking our arm, patting our back, God's just really not that impressed. Right? It's about getting our hands dirty. It's about getting involved with each other's lives, which is messy. Come on, people are crazy. Right? I mean, people around you are crazy. Like, look around this church. There's some crazy people here this morning. (laughs) You're looking at one. Right? Listen, we all have our stuff. We all have our areas of need. And, And it is so important for us to consider. Listen to me. We don't. We don't work with people because we have a, we make the choice to work for people because it feels good to us. Let me say that again. We don't work with people. We work for people because it feels good to us. We put ourselves in the role of functional savior. Look at what I did. Look at what I accomplished. Yes, you need me to save you. Do you, do you understand? Like at that moment, we, we play God, right? Now, if I bring relief to you, eventually I'll get tired of doing it over and over again, right? I have an unhealthy need met in me. Either way, the relationship is dysfunctional. Eventually, guilt pulls me back or there's a break in the relationship and we go through this all over again. The cycle is repeated over and over again. Does that make sense? Are you guys following what I'm saying? And, and listen, listen, this is so critical This is not a moment and this is not a day for you to go, oh man, I did this with my kids or I did this with that. No, 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 no. Listen to me. Today is not take on condemnation. Today is, okay, I'm going to get up from today and try to do today a little bit healthier and try to do tomorrow a little bit healthier. Does that make sense? This is not a day for you to allow Satan to whisper in your ear, yeah, see, you stink or this with your kids or that with your spouse or this with your family member. No, 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 no. We've all blown it. The guy you're looking at has blown it as much as anybody in this room. But today we need to look at God's word and reframe our thinking to be restorers. You are a restorer. That is What God has called you to do. That's what the Holy Spirit is placed inside you for you to do. That he might give you spiritual giftings and empower you. Not to bring relief. But to restore people to their God-given potential. Messy? Yes. Long? Yes. Costly? Yes. And yet it's what we're called to do. So what I want to give you today is I want to give you three prayers of a restorer. Three prayers of a restorer and what it means for us to go out and be restorers even when we're dealing with our own mess all at the same time, right? God is the power source. We are the connectors. We're not supposed to be their functional savior. We're supposed to be the connector that connects them to the source of life, which is our heavenly father, right? Number one, Here's what I want you to do. I'm going to give you these three prayers and I'm just going to challenge you to begin to pray them, whether it be each morning 
or each day or as you go to walk into the office or wherever. I want you to begin to pray these to help you be healthier in the way you react and interact, especially with needy people. Number one, God, help me to give what they truly need, not just what they want. Help me to give what they truly need and not just what they want. That that Peter said to him, silver or gold, I don't have. But what I have, I give you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Walk, right? Listen to me. People are going to tell you what they think they need. Somebody's going to come and tell you what they think they need. But beyond what they tell you or beyond your own feelings is a real need. Is a restorative need is a restoration to who God created them to be and the purpose that he has on their lives, right? Like somebody might come and say, I need money. No, you need a job. Listen, I'm not being cold. That's not being rude. You don't need money. I could give you money, but guess what? You're going to need money again next month. You don't need money. You need a job. You need something to be able to sustain yourself. That's different. I need $500 for my car payment. No, you need to trade in the $35,000 car for a $2,500 car. And in Dave Ramsey's words, act your wage. Come on, somebody. Like, like, can, can we get real today? Can, can I can I preach a little bit today and us get real and, 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 and dig in just a little bit to the realities of what we need to deal with? I just need you to make me feel special. So I'm going to post online, online all my emotional turmoil. Hashtag depressed. We have a rule in our house and they probably break it. I try to find it, but they probably break it. But it is no emotional turmoil on social media. Listen to me. That's a cry of need that's going to be fulfilled with a relief of a comment that's not going to be restorative. Are you following what I'm saying? It's only going to continue a cycle of I need more and I need more likes on the next one and I need more comments on the... Are you following? Is anybody make sense? Anybody? All right, that whole call. No, you don't need me to make you feel special. Listen to me. You have a God-shaped hole in your heart. And you need the creator of the universe and only him to tell you how amazing you are and that you're his masterpiece. And I'm your connector. I'm not your savior. I'm your connector. All I can do is tell you my story of how much of a mess that I was and how jacked up I was. And yet the God of the universe decided that he would use me. And if you will surrender your life to him, he'll use you too. And I'm going to have to walk them through a long discipleship process that may take weeks or months or a couple years. Till they overcome the lies of the enemy that are inside of them and they are restored to the masterpiece that God's created them to be. Amen? Amen. Right? We, we've got to. You're, you're going to be tempted to give relief because either it's the easy way to appease your conscience or because it makes you feel good. But we've got to look beyond what people are saying, what you're feeling, and identify the real need. Number two. Number two, prayer of a restorer. Number two. God, ooh, this one's good. Help me stay out of your way by, by not continually rescuing people from their consequences. Listen to me. God has a corrective system that he has put into place. Does anybody know that? All right, so this is driving me nuts. I forgot to turn off the fog machine. Hold on a second. I can't even see y'all people right now because there's so much fog up here. 
How do you turn this thing off? There, it's off now. Okay. Sorry. I was, I was in my head. I was like, just forget it, but I don't care. It was driving me crazy. It's over now. Okay. Listen, help me stay out of the way by not continually rescuing people from their consequences. God has a corrective system in place. And you and I have a tendency to try to usurp that system. Galatians 6 and 7. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Unless an enabler comes and fix it for him. Come on now. Listen to me, parents. Stop marching down to the school and telling that teacher what's up. And taking your kid's side. That's not teaching your kid anything. It's bringing relief to the moment. But you're going to pay. You're going to pay for it in years to come. Right? We're overprotective of, of, of our kids. We're overprotective of a lot of people because we don't like to see people hurt. And I get that. I love it that you have a mercy heart. I do. But you have to be wise enough to understand that when you do relief, you're not being merciful. You're prolonging issues that will be bigger later. Y'all following me? Anybody? Parents, last week, we talked about the prodigal son. If you were here, we did the whole story of the prodigal son. I want to remind you of what the father didn't do. The father didn't go get him. The father left him in the pig pen until he says, the word says, if you look it up, he came to his senses and he came back and said, I need to make right, right? Listen to me. The reason that you have a pastor today is because I have a mother that cut me off. The, one of the greatest things anyone has ever done for me is the day my mother called me, you know, fraternity boy, Mike. And said, I don't approve of your lifestyle and what you're doing. I can't be a part of it anymore. And she hung up the phone and she told me she cried for two weeks after that phone call. It was painful for her. She didn't want to do it. It didn't feel good. It didn't feel like relief, right? But she knew it was restorative. Do you know it was in the, within a year, my life crashed. And I came back to God and began to build a relationship with him again. And that's why I stand here where I am today. Listen, listen. We've got to be restorative in what we do. We've got to let them live out their consequences. We have to. It is the most loving thing to do. Because God, listen to me, if you don't live out, let them live out their consequences, you're saying you're smarter than God. Or that I'm bigger than God. And that's just not true. Restorative prayers. Number one, God help me to give people what they truly need, not just what they want. Number two, God help me to stay out of your way because by not continually rescuing them from their consequences. And the third one, and it all, it all hymns on this one. Number three, God help me to remember that I'm in need too and that you are always the answer. It's not a one of us in here today that's not in need. Look at Psalm 70. Yet I am poor and needy. Come quickly to me, O God. You are my help and my deliverer, O Lord. Do not delay. For us to come to the place where we go, I am needy. I drain people sometimes. Right? Like I, I, 
Mike does, I know Mike does that. I, I know that I am just as needy as someone else. And if I will take that humble stance, it's much easier for me to not turn around then and to expect that I'm the savior of someone else. I'm not the savior of someone. I'm just as needy with inside of me. I struggle. Come on, any men here, you struggle being a good husband? Anybody else or is it just me? Okay, there's a handful of honest people. The rest of you going to Liars Anonymous, right? Any ladies struggle with feeling like you're a bad mom or wife? Anybody feel like sometimes you're like the last one to figure things out at work? Right? Like, I mean, the reality is every single one of us that is here is, is at need. We are needy. And when I come to that point of humbling myself and saying, God, I, I'm just blessed enough to be a little further down the road than anyone else. The way we've always said it here at Church of the Lakes is we're a hospital. And you know the only difference between like somebody staying here prayer, praying at the altar for you and somebody praying, getting prayed for at the altar? You know what the only difference is? They've just been in the hospital on the antibiotics a little bit longer than you. Mike, Mike's just been on the antibiotics maybe a little bit. I've just had a few more experiences that have allowed me to understand a little bit more about what God has designed me to be and who he's designed me to be. But I'm still needy and I, I, I need you here. I need you to be a part of this because I, I need your prayers. Anybody else need prayers? Anybody, right? And so when we come to this place and if we will take these three prayers and take them into our heart and understand the reality, I'm a restorer. You're a restorer. Like, doesn't that, doesn't that sound amazing? Like it's, it's, it feels good in the moment to give somebody the money and do this all kind of, but the thought that somebody would actually come and say, there's a, there's a change in my life because of this, the, the rest of, that's, that's what we're here to do. Does that make sense to anybody? Do you understand? And, and so I think, if you think God needs you to fix everyone else, well then your God's too small. My, my job is to take the hand of this person and take the hand of the creator and put them together. That's restoration. Not just relief. And so would you consider praying these prayers and asking God, would you help me, God, now to deal with people in a certain way that that helps me to understand that? And so I asked Marcus to come up and and do an oldie but a goodie. And the reason being is because if we're going to be healthy, then we've got to be humble in that third one. And I thought about Jesus. I don't know if, you, if you've read the Gospels lately, but Jesus didn't heal everyone. Did you know that? He, he didn't heal everyone that he came. And, and as a matter of fact, every once in a while, he would walk away from a needy crowd and he would go off by himself and he would be one with the Father. Right? Because even Jesus was trying to give us the example that the only way I can help somebody else be healthy is if I'm healthy myself. So I asked Marcus if, if we could sing... Um, Just a little bit of great is thy faithfulness today. To remind us who our God is. To remind us that I'm just as much in need. And in that process, I want you to think about the needy people that God has placed in your life at work. Maybe in your house. (laughs) Definitely in your family. Come on, somebody. We just came out of Christmas get-togethers. Everybody got a crazy uncle. An aunt with a beard. Something weird. You know what I'm saying? 
So how do we do this? How do we really be who Jesus has called us to be? And the only way is through his power. He empowers us to be that. Amen? So can we, can we sing, Marcus? Can we sing? Can we sing? And great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. And morning by morning, new mercies I sing. And all I have needed, thy hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness. Come on, sing that one more time. Come on, let's sing it to him this morning. Sing it one more time. And great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. And all I have needed, thy hand has provided. And great is thy faithfulness, O Lord, me. God, we thank you for your faithfulness to us. So grateful, God. And we remind ourselves today the need that we have and that you've created us to be restorers. Change our thought patterns and our processes in the way that we deal with the needy people that you have put around us. You have given us a responsibility to restore. That's why you've put them in our path. Help us to not get frustrated, but to take somebody by the hand and do something the more than just throwing relief at them. So I'm praying, God, for divine moments this week where we our minds get shifted and our thought process get, get shifted to understand how we are a part of your restorative process with those specific people that you've placed in our lives. We thank you, God, for the opportunity that you give us day in and day out to be your restorers. And with your eyes closed and your heads bowed, maybe you today go, I have never given my life to Jesus Christ. And it's just as simple as you saying, God, I give you my heart today. I don't understand it all. But will you forgive me of my sins? And and will you take me into your family? And his answer is absolutely yes. And so we're going to close out today. The prayer team's coming now. They'll be up front to pray with you. Maybe, listen to me, maybe you need to say this morning, I'm not really sure how I'm dealing with this or I need help or maybe I'm the needy person. I need to come pray and say, would you help me with this process? Maybe you've got a healing. Maybe you need to come stand in the gap for somebody. Maybe you would come and pray with somebody today because there's somebody needy in your life that you would come and pray with somebody and say, would you pray with me to have the strength to do and be a restorer in that particular area? Would you help me to be healthier in my relationship with my kids or with somebody else that I'm struggling with where to, where to, where to relieve and where to restore and what that looks like. And so maybe, maybe that's you today to come down and pray with somebody. Whatever that is, would you respond to God today in this way? If you want to give, giving envelopes are in the back and the, and the boxes are in the back. You can drop your tithes and offerings as you go today. 
But if you just go today, let me ask you, as you go through this week, pray the three prayers. That God might empower you to be the restorer that he's created you to be. Amen?